Tested. Mother approved. I'm the kid Ruben. I'm the mom Dawn. And this week is a Patreon episode. Woo! Yay, clipping. <laughs> What's clipping? When the audio clips. Oh, sorry. Woo! Big old line of blue. Woo! Hey, so it's also the first week that's not a gimmick anymore. Yay! That's no, right. no more monster approved. No more Just gimmicks. Regular. We have to think of a fun name for winter, because I mean, we should do Christmas or holiday well, movies, we'll or whatever. Christmas, but not Thanksgiving is just good. Yeah, whatever. Well, we have so many things already lined also, up. Let's do those. <laughs> no, but I mean, like it was kid tested, monster approved. Right. That was a fun kind of theme that worked. Right. What do we call the December's episodes? Kid tested. I don't know. Mom, mom, mom. I was trying to combine mom and Santa. Oh, Momsta. Yeah. No, I'll fi- we'll figure out something. Because, you know, we, I can bring home bells from work, and we can say, welcome back, and we can have little jingle bells, jingly, 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 like that. Like what? Jingly, 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 jingly. My favorite recurring gag on this show yes. is your love for visual cues. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, you, you obviously- I'm shaking Mom the bells. is shaking, shaking the bells. Sorry. And people I, go, I wonder what jingly, jingly, jingly means. I, I'm shaking my hand, because I'm a preschool teacher, so I- yeah. Visual cues. Okay. So this week was a Patreon episode. Yes, it was. Uh, and it was a really cool theme also. I just need to say thank you to everyone that has sponsored us on Patreon. We really Absolutely. do appreciate it. It's amazing. Um, with that, though, also thank you to everyone that sponsored us on Patreon and actually given us the theme. It's really cool that with every Patreon uh, episode we've gotten, the episodes themselves have a theme that correlate. Yep. And this week's episode is? teacher-student relationships. It's, yes, it is. And it was given to us by... Diane, who is your mom. Our number one fan. Uh, definitely, but not in a Kathy Bates sort of no, way. No, because it's your mother. Right. But I'm just saying, not creepy. Just... No, in a, in a good way. Yeah, in a very yes. totally socially acceptable so... way. Hi, Grandma. Mo- hi, Mom. Mom just told me to say hello. She said, say hi, Grandma. <laughs> there you go. All right, hello. I'm almost 30. I'll need to be reminded to say hello to my grandmother, apparently. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's okay. Um, so I actually, so this week when, uh, we got the Patreon, we got the episodes, Yeah. I had not seen either movie and I know that you had, well, actually let me rephrase that. I for sure hadn't seen Goodwill Hunting. Okay. And what I thought was Mr. Holland's opus is not what it actually was. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a movie from, the, remember that old Dr. Doolittle we used to watch, which wasn't very good. Not the yes. Eddie Murphy one, but the old 60s one. Yeah. I thought Mr. Holland's opus was like a seventies movie. That was boring and old and that I didn't care about. Yeah, you told me that, but I can't think of what movie that was. I don't think it was anything. I think I just, just because of the name, that's what it was. Um, so, uh, you, yeah, you were given Mr. Holland's Opus. I was. And I was given Goodwill Hunting. Right, and I have not, I had not seen Good, I thought I had, but the only part I remember in Goodwill Hunting was the last two minutes of it. So either I stole my line thing bit? I, no, just a little bit before that. What happened? I don't remember. Yeah, we'll talk about that when it yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, week, I was given Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Which is from the nineties. Yes. And it was written and well, it was written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, also starring them. Yes, and Casey Affleck. Yeah. Um. Also, we're gonna say a lot of names that aren't super popular right now. Um. Whoops. Whatever. Uh. We don't agree with the things they did. We're just talking about this movie. Let's That's clarify right. that one. That's um, right. But so it does, yeah, Casey Affleck, and he's not playing his brother's brother. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, he's not. He he's playing ben, the he, friend. He's right. not playing. He's, he's not, not playing Ben's brother because he yeah. has played Ben's brother in a couple of the movies. Well, I think that I really like that when brothers don't play brothers. Right. Um. That's like what is it? Uh, there's a new movie coming out. I think it's the Disaster Artist, and it's a biopic. But James Franco and Dave Franco are playing friends, oh, like two brothers. best friends, not brothers. Huh. That's interesting. Um, yeah, which is whatever. Um. So, Goodwill Hunting yes. is up from the 90s. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember the actual. I think it was 97. Okay. Because Kevin Smith uh, and Scott Mosier were actually producers on this movie. Yes. And they knew uh, Ben Affleck from his other thing that he did with, I think it was Chasing Amy? Yes. Um, yeah, they did together. Ben Affleck wasn't Ben Affleck yet, nor no. was Matt Damon. They no, were just... this was their first big, huge break. Yeah. Um, and also starring... Robin Williams. And? Uh, the guy from Marvel movies, the old guy. Stellan Skarsgård. I was going to say Skarsgård. I just like yeah. saying his last name. Um, but what's interesting, too, and, and I'll get to it, but uh, I, you normally do all the research. I did a lot of research into this movie just because I was curious. Um, oh, good. So the first scene they filmed on the movie was is one of the scenes with Stellan Skarsgård and Robin Williams, and they're having a meeting, and they're talking, and after they finished filming that scene... Uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck actually cried from happiness because a scene that they had written was having Stellan Skarsgård and Robin Williams acting in very serious... Not, it yes. wasn't goofy. It wasn't stupid. No. It, it was, was like them being legitimate. Um, definitely. That's... Yeah. And so they like cried because they couldn't believe... Because to them, th we made it. Right. Exactly. Uh, and and was, oh, go for it. No, no, no. I was going to say, and they won an Oscar for their screenplay. Yeah. I'm sure they've won Oscars for other things. Uh, not that I'm aware of. As actors? Not that I'm aware of. Well, good for them. Yeah. I just, I mean, it was an Oscar-worthy screenplay, absolutely. Definitely. Um, so, okay, go ahead. Your well, turn. No, no, that's fine, whatever. Um, what's also cool, though, is it's actually, I don't know if it's cool, but it's kind of funny, is they wanted to be taken seriously, and they only wanted to give this movie to a production company that mattered and that cared about it, not yes. just that saw it as Ben Affleck and Matt Damon or whatever. Right. So well, they the, really weren't Matt Damon and but Ben it, Affleck. But you know what I mean? Yes. Like, they, they, they wanted to be taken seriously and blah, blah, blah. So they actually added a scene in the middle randomly. It's just this random scene where there are two characters. There's, like, a sex scene, which is these two straight men just out of nowhere. Ugh. It's weird. But it didn't fit. It didn't make any sense. And the only person that they sent the script to that said anything about that scene was Harvey Weinstein. And was like, hey, great script. I didn't understand this scene. And they were like, okay, well, that's who gets it. That's who's going to do it because he's the only one that actually read it. Nobody else read it, and so we want it. But they were trying to make offers. Right. But the fact that he was like, this scene doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit. And they were like, of course it doesn't fit because we just wrote it to be like, ha, 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 who's going to read this? Exactly. No, it's, it's interesting. You had told me that earlier. And yeah. I thought that was so cool. So the dude is discussing, but oh, he, yeah. he has been implemental to a lot of very really interesting has. things, uh, which is unfortunate that he's so gross. Um. But anyway, so Goodwill Hunting is a movie yes. in the '90s, and it's about a group of friends from Boston. Well, it's about one specific friend, but it—it's weird because it's—it's kind of a coming-of-age film. I would consider it definitely. But he's a supposed of to be age like film. twenty, right? But at the time, he was actually my age, which is insane. Okay. And Ben Affleck was twenty-five, okay. um, which is insane because to me, neither of them look that young. Right. I mean, he never. Granted, I could see Matt Damon as a child and be like, "That's Matt Damon. He's forty-something years old." Right. Um. But so they do their whole thing, and it's about him, Ben Affleck, Casey Affleck, and their other friend. Right. 
who is just a guy. I don't think anything major really happened with him ever. I think he was in a couple movies and that was about it. I mean, I, I'm sure he's like their friend. Right. This was a lot of like friends. Right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Kevin Smith producing it. And right. like I said, and so it's, it's a lot of like, hey, you guys have your vision and we can help it. Let's do this. Right. Um, the studio originally didn't want Matt Damon to star because he wasn't anybody. Huh. Uh, also, Alicia and I were talking about this earlier. Has Matt Damon ever been anything like, has Matt Damon ever really been like AAA star power Matt? Like, you know what I mean? Like Ben Affleck. Jason Af- Bourne? Right, but, like, that's a franchise, but, like, Matt Damon's not, like, in uh, a Harry Potter franchise or a Star Wars. You know what I mean? He's never, like, I wouldn't say he's a quote-unquote franchise guy. Yeah, he's in The Bourne. No, but he does good stuff. Yeah, no, he's he's really good, and he's never in, like, garbage. I mean, I'm sure he's been in one or two not-great movies. Everyone has, but... Mm, I don't know. I don't think The Informant... I don't remember that being very good. Remember that? Yeah, it was, like, Matt Damon, he gained, like, 40 pounds, and he was, like, a goofy... It, whatever. No, I don't remember the. Oh, yeah, um, that was not very good. And I heard Suburbicon is not very good either. I don't know that one It's either. George Clooney's movie, and uh, not okay. great. Okay, I don't know that one either. Okay. Um, So it's about these friends, and then one of them is very smart. <laughs> and this problem gets solved on Stellan Skarsgård's board outside. Yes. And they're trying to figure out who solved it, and then Stellan Skarsgård walks outside, and he sees Matt Damon, like, writing on it, and he's like, blah, 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 no graffiti, and he kind of chases him away. And then he realizes, no, he's the one that's doing that. Yes. Uh, oh, also in this time, I think I skipped the whole Mini Driver. We get introduced to Mini Driver. Does yeah, that... we haven't been introduced to her yet. Oh, we haven't been introduced to her yet? Uh-uh. So then uh, Matt Damon goes to a bar. Oh, then they... It kind of shows the 90s aspect of quote-unquote gang mentality. They just see this dude that used to beat up Matt Damon in kindergarten. When he was in kindergarten. Well, not kindergarten. Kindergarten. Oh, yeah. I'm all Everything milk. is... I was laughing at every line because everything was wicked this and this and this and okay we need to remember that my grandmother chose for me to watch this movie yes the first i would say 10 minutes are effing this and effing that and but the reason that to me it was so funny is it's not f u it's f a does that does that make sense um it's it's the way that everything is said but everything and it, That's pretty naughty, but but she but told I think I was. think yeah. But I what I'm saying though is I think using it like that. Yes. When you say oh well, so it's not necessary and blah blah, I think that that helps show that how they were in Boston, like these specific right. guys. This is how they spoke, just like kind of in Jersey Boys. Yeah. That's just kind of how they spoke. Yeah. So so I think in earlier episodes you're like, well, this kind of language isn't necessary. I think. To show it'd be weird if these guys in this time period didn't say that. I think I agree with you on this one. It but, didn't bother me as much. Well, I think too because it doesn't it doesn't sound as hard. Right. A is softer than U, so right. it kind of like changes it a little bit. But yeah, yeah, is wicked smart, and I I mean just every line it felt like they were like how can and in a good way how can we say something in a Boston at one point they were gonna say like let's go beat up some wicked smart kids or something like go to the park to beat up smart kids like it yeah, was just it's like how many times can they use a h instead of r right uh smart wicked harvard harvard yeah um but i mean all that kind of stuff and, right. and i loved it it was good i love watching movies where people have these other accents from uh around the united states because yes they I, they probably were a little blown out and you know what i mean like right but that's the point like, right, I was exactly. talking to Alicia, and she's like, I don't know if I buy Matt Damon's accent. I go, I think it is probably how he 
used to talk, but then they blew it out a little bit. Like, if somebody were like, hey, Ruben, talk like a Californian. Well, I would talk normally, but I'd probably throw in a couple more dudes and totallys. And, right. Like, I feel like, to me, I sound normal, but then someone else would be like, oh, yeah, that guy's from California. Right. Look, look how he says, you know, I do totally, totally, dude. Um, but so, no, I, I loved that. So then uh, we get introduced to Mini Driver. Okay, this is the best part. I loved this whole, like, team-up thing that happens. So they all go to the bar, the bar, uh-huh. and Ben Affleck sees this girl from across the bar. And he's he's all, he puts these, like, smooth moves I mean, he's on. even fixing his hair he's as fixing he's his walking. Hair. He's like... very John Travolta in Greece. Yes. But in, like, a <laughs> dirty kind of, like, Boston. And yeah. not to say, oh, everyone in Boston's dirty. No, but but just he, he's so greasy. A little, a little more rough neighborhood. Yeah, well, he... he was it earlier that he just goes? They they see this guy. Sorry, we got distracted. That he went to beat him up in kindergarten, and then they start fighting. Yeah, they just, he just walks up and calls his a, name, and then poof. He's like, "Hey, remember me from kindergarten?" And he just punches poof. him. And I loved that. A lot of the times in these movies, you have these characters that are good at everything, and they're perfect, and they're amazing. Will Hunting, who is Matt Damon's character, is smart. He's strong. He's he's you know people say he's good looking. Blah 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 blah. He is all around a perfect, quote-unquote, perfect character, but he still has flaws. Absolutely. He, he still has these issues and these, these problems, and I think that, that that's why he's so well-written. I mean, hello, Matt Damon pretty much was like, yeah, I'm just Will Hunting. Like, it, right. it, it, like exactly. a lot of the characters are based on real people and blah, right, blah, 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 right. blah. Um, so the, the fight happens, and then they go to the bar, and uh, Ben Affleck's trying to, like, smooth on this girl, who's Minnie Driver, right. who... I've, this is a side tangent. In Disney movies, I feel like the characters don't really look like the voice actors. Right. J- Minnie Driver is Jane in Tarzan. Yes. She looks like Jane in Tarzan. Yes. Like, I was like, whoa. It, it was just funny to me because I was like, how do I know her face? Like, I right. couldn't tell you what else Minnie Driver's been in. Oh, but then okay. I looked, I'm, I'm sure it's been tons of stuff that There's I've seen. There's been a few. But then when she showed up in this movie, I was like, whoa. Okay, cool. That's Jane. Um right. And she, um, the English accent is real for yeah, her. Yeah, I know she's actually English. But she can switch into an American accent, too. Most of, I mean, most actors can. No, but I'm just saying. Because you might see her very soon in another podcast. And I think she uses an American accent. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. In the next episode? I mean, well, we already mm-hmm. know the next episode. Oh, okay, cool. She's, <laughs> never mind. Um, that's John Candy. That's not me, Driver. Um. Not, not that movie. Okay. Anyway, uh, so then, let's see. Oh, so this, man, it's taking me forever just to get to this really funny bit. Yes. Uh, welcome to Kid Test Mother Proof. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. So Ben Affleck's, and then this other guy with this goofy 90s ponytail comes in and is like, uh, I'm real smart, and blah, 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 and you're dumb, and let me show you how smart I am. And here comes Matt Damon, just wrecking this dude and not hitting him or nothing just no, verbally no. just like just yeah, verbally okay, destroys do, this guy and then and the guy's like oh and he kind of just walks away and he's like we good and then later like that girl comes up to Min- to matt damon she's like you're an idiot he's like what do you mean i'm an idiot she's like i sat there all night waited for you now i gotta go i'm so tired she, i'm tired so she gives him her phone number and then, I don't remember how, but they see the, the, the guy with the ponytail across the street or whatever. And Matt Damon walks up to the window and knocks on it. And this is a very pivotal, this is, he knocks on it. And he goes through the window and goes, hey, you like apples? And the guy's like, uh, yeah. 
and then he slaps the phone number on the window and goes, you like them apples? Yeah. I got a phone number. Which, number. I love yeah. that. And he kind of, like, they're all laughing, and he, like, walks away, and so he, then he starts dating this girl. Yes. Um, which, spoiler alert, they don't work out. I love that they don't work out. What? Yes, they do. Sort of. Sort of. Okay. It's implied right. that they do. It's implied that he's going to see her. We don't know if he does. Right, we don't exactly. Like, we don't even know if that's where he's really going. Right. Well, we do. We do, but, like, do. yeah. He might not get... I mean, I was watching it with Alicia, and he drives off in this... Junker. New, in this junker that Ben Affleck and all the friends bought him because he needed the car. He needs a car and blah, blah, blah. Well, he drives off, and then... Uh, Alicia just goes, he's not going to make it to California in that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It's he's gonna, not. Like, punk off piece by piece. It's going to just, yeah, he's going to get like, because especially if they're in Massachusetts. Right. Literally. The entire mm-hmm. country. It's right. not going to make it. It's not going to make it. Um, so then, so he starts dating there. And then this whole time, uh, that fight with the guy from kindergarten, Matt Damon has to do, uh, he has to meet with this teacher. Mm-hmm. And he has to see a psychiatrist. Yes. See, so he runs through all these other psychiatrists. That's right. Blow them out of the water. They're all dumb. Making fun. He's making he's, fun he, of them. Yeah, he's and... taking them around the ringer because he's not seeing an effing psychologist or therapist or whatever. He's not doing that. That's he's too smart for that. Blah blah blah. He's too smart. He's too smart. Well, then we get introduced to Sean, who was Stellan Skarsgård's friend from college. Yes. And while Stellan Skarsgård, yeah, his roommate. But while Stellan Skarsgård is teaching at this prestigious school. His roommate is teaching at a community college. Yes. Um, and his roommate, Sean, is Robin Williams. Played beautifully. Yeah. This was amazing to me because I honestly felt like a couple times he tried to be Robin Williams and I was almost like, don't. No. Don't, don't be funny. Don't try and be... I mean, granted I say that, but there's a whole scene later where Robin Williams talks about his wife that was all made up by Robin Williams. Was it really? Yeah. It's funny. It's it's a funny little thing. It's it's about farting. Yeah. yeah, how she farted when she was nervous, and then she farted in her sleep. And one time she farted so loud she woke the dog up. And herself. And herself. And then she said, "Was that you?" And he said, "Yes," because he he didn't have the heart to tell her. And then he says, "You know, she's been too dead for two years, and this is the kind of stuff I remember." Right, and that was all made up by him. Yep. Oh, it was good. Oh yeah, phenomenal. And and there were times in the movie because I saw it too. Where I kind of thought, all right, this was not part of a script. This was just them talking. So you know what's funny? Huh. Uh, a lot less than you probably think. There was only a couple of scenes that it just felt like they were just kind of... You know, 90% of Casey Affleck's dialogue was just made up by him on the spot? Well, that doesn't surprise me. At the, But just him. At huh. the time, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Gus Van Sant, the director, hated it. We're like, you need to stop doing that. Afterwards, they were like, no, it made the movie feel more real. Yeah, it really did. Because he would just interrupt scenes. Like, yeah. remember that whole, where Ben Affleck's trying to tell a story about his uncle or something? Right, and he just kept... He kept interjecting, rrr, rrr. and you could tell they were getting actually mad at him. Like, dude, let him finish. Like, stop. Right, but that's how people... Hello, we, you and I interrupt each other all the time. Well, we could test him other approved. But yeah. that's, that's the whole thing, and, like, that's what makes it feel more real, is that that's a brother actually annoyed at his brother for interrupting him. Exactly. I know what that's like. <laughs> right, exactly. For, for your your brother's trying to tell a story and you interject and you ruin it. And it's like, yep. C- come on. Um, but uh, I don't even remember. Where, oh, so we get introduced to Sean, and and what's his name? Matt Damon thinks he he bags Sean, and he's talking about how stupid he is for this dumb painting he drew. And 
oh, you made a mistake with your wife. And Sean's like, do not talk about my wife like that, blah, 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 blah. And then he keeps going, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he just grabs him by the, the neck. The chokehold. Yeah, with one hand, right? Isn't it one hand? One-handed chokehold. And he just shoves Slams him into him the, window. Against the window. He's like, don't you talk about my wife ever again, blah, 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 blah. And so then he leaves, and then Stone Skarsgård's like, hey, sorry, whatever, I'll find someone else. And he goes, next week, you better yeah. be here. So then, is it the next week that they go to the park? Yes. And he's like, you don't get it. You're a kid. You might think you're smart. No one's arguing that you're smart. We all know you're smart. You don't know life. You don't know love. You don't know loss, which was so good. Right. And it was so, to me, it's kind of funny that this was written by, hypothetically, by guys in their young 20s. Right. Like, who, who... Don't know life. Who don't know life, who don't know love, who don't know lost, but man, can they write it. Exactly. And and I was talking earlier to Alicia about this, too. I love that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, their real lives have almost reflected these characters. Ben Affleck, you know, kind of on that paparazzi, scumbaggy, oh, he did this, and oh, he did that. Matt Damon stays pretty out of that stuff. Yeah. He's just a normal dude. Did I ever show you that video of him defending teachers? Yes, you did. Oh, Matt Damon, he'll be one of those guys where I'm just like, please don't do anything wrong. Like, he's right. just such a legitimate dude, and he's such a good guy. Um, he is. But it, it kind of reflects his character. Right. Where Will is just trying to look out for everyone. And then there's that whole scene at the, the, the junkyard, la- or not the junkyard, but the construction site, where Will's like, look, man, I'm not going to leave. And in 20 years, our kids are going to be, you know, hanging out. And we're going to be watching the Patriots. And Ben Affleck says, if you're still here, I'm going to kill you. Right. Like, you're way better than this. You're way smarter than this. Right. You, don't do it for yourself. That's bullcrap. I don't care who says do it for you. Do it for me. You owe me. Right. Like, you're smart. You can do this. That's your thing. Um. So, blah, blah, blah. Um, Sean and, who's was Robin Williams, and uh, Will grow closer together and they grow yes. smarter. Um, now, the theme was teacher-student relationships. Right. Technically, this fits because... Well, Skarsgård was the teacher. Yeah, but, I mean, you ask anyone ever who has seen this movie, is this is this movie about Stellan Skarsgård? No, and, but... You know, and I really thought something was going to happen with that weird guy that's always with Skarsgård. I know. What was with that guy? Why was he just following him around? And he, like, didn't believe in Will, and he was garbage, and his voice was weird? You notice yeah. he had a weird voice, right? Yeah. And he just, I literally, that's all he did. Every scene that Skarsgård was in. He was like, hmm. hmm. And it's like, Will isn't smart. It's a fluke. We. It's I know, like, and dude, it's like, get out of here. Yeah, I have no idea what his. Your little goblin? Like, what his point. I think he was this. There was the teacher's assistant or something. He felt like William H. Macy in Mr. Holland's Opus. So we, we, Which we're going to talk about. Yeah, but we, so we both watched both movies. Yeah. But um, to me, it was kind of that same character. Yeah. Of like. I'm the wet blanket to everything. Exactly. Um, he was, here's saying something good. He was probably the weakest character in this movie. He definitely was the weakest but character. You in this know movie. what I mean? Yeah. All of these characters were really well written. Really strong. I loved seeing the the relationships between Will and his friends, mm-hmm. and then Will and his girlfriend, and then Will and Sean, mm-hmm. and and it even was, Will and, and the professor. Yeah, it's the, a different sort of relationship, but that was there. Yeah, because the wit. Yeah, the professor just wanted Will to be good. He knew he could be good, and he, but he was projecting himself on Will. I was gonna say, yeah, where he wanted him, he wanted Will to be better than him, but he also wanted to, like, take take some, take take some, some of, of that. And 
not in a, and he wasn't, I mean, he even says it. I'm not sitting here twirling my mustache trying to, he's like, I want him to succeed. Like, yeah, it's kind of for me, but like, I, I want him to do it too. And, and that's what I love is this movie doesn't really have a villain. No, because I was waiting. I really thought that the professor was going to be a villain. Oh, I totally, I thought he was going to be a creep, which right. he kind of is, but not to Will, not just to, to the Will, girls. Just, yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah, maybe not not the best thing now, but no. um, it it's one of those things where it's like you know, I really thought that this was gonna have a villain. No, the only the only villain is Will to himself, to himself of like I can't do this. I'm other weak. Away, yeah. yeah, I don't need you. I'm not good enough for this. Blah 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 blah. And that's not true. And that's why I think this movie does so well is that. It doesn't rely on tropes of this or that. It just shows a young man struggling right. with understanding that he is great. And he's kind of, I mean, he really does have this. It's not a power, but, you know, power is thrust upon him. Right. He didn't earn it. He didn't do anything to be this smart. He just, he, he would get into trouble and he knew how to get out of it. And it wasn't like weaseling his way out. It was being smart. Absolutely. And the scene that just really touched me is right at, almost at the end where... Sean is saying to him, "Is that you didn't do anything wrong?" Yeah, you know, and he, and he's kind of like, "No, shut up, shut up, shut up." And he's like, "No, well, just keep." He just kept saying it. He didn't do anything wrong, he didn't, and finally he just he just broke. broke, and and they kind of hug each other and blah blah blah, and it's amazing. It, right, and I did laugh when he said, um, when Will says at the end of their hugging, "Does this break?" Uh, yeah, patient doctor or something. Really, uh, you know, relationship or whatever. And, and he he's said a... only if you grab my butt. He didn't <laughs> say butt, but he said only if you grab my butt. Yeah, and that was so like but, it was good. And and it kind of like to me, and these both are about young adult teachers. Yeah. Mr. Charles Opus is a high school teacher, and this is I mean he's a college professor technically, but they definitely had different. Like they definitely walked away with something very similar. Of like, I've had a teacher like that. Right, exactly. Who like who didn't give up on me and, and like really like tried was there for me no matter what and really tried to stick it through with me and and I know what that's like, and 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 to just not give up on a student and say, you right, know what exactly. you're you you're smart someone else, you're someone else's problem though and, and he didn't do that because right. he knew where Will was and he and he understood where Will was and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Are we ready to rate it? Um. Yeah. Okay. Buy it, rent it, throw it in the trash. It's a buy it. It's definitely a it's buy it. It's a buy it. it because it, just like Gone with the Wind, yep. you buy it, mm -hmm. you maybe watch it once or twice, but it's one it, it, here's what's funny to me. Okay. It used to be all about libraries with what kind of fancy books you have and this and that. Right. I mean, granted, it won't be soon with streaming being so popular. Right. But it's like if you have a DVD shelf and it's like, oh, you got Goodwill Hunting, you're never going to watch it. The, the case could be empty. But it's the fact that it, it's that kind of like, oh, I understand this. Well, see, I disagree because I think, I mean, I agree with buying it, but I think you could have like a Matt Damon marathon. You could have a Ben Affleck and start, that would be one of the first ones this you This isn't a marathon movie to me, though. It, see, to me it is. It's this not is a fun. Beginner. No, it's it doesn't not, have to be but, fun. But that's what I'm saying. When I marathon something, yeah, I don't want a marathon of like, and this movie isn't heavy. Right. But it's like, it, parts of it get heavy. I don't want to binge a heavy thing. Right, but you start with that, and you end with Ben Affleck and Superman versus Batman. That's my favorite. The poster just said Ben Affleck and Superman versus Batman. Isn't that what it's called? It's Batman versus Superman. Oh, sorry. There's a subtitle, but I don't remember. Dawn, it, of, Dawn of Justice? No. It doesn't matter. Is it Dawn of Justice? Doesn't matter. It was not a good movie. No. 
Ben Affleck's so, good Batman, though. Oh, he's coming out again with Justice League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna be Batman Justice League. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Well, so it was good. Yeah, it was definitely definitely buy it. I um, agree with you. Well, you know what? I'm what? actually gonna disagree with you. You said do it if you're doing a Matt Damon or a Ben Affleck marathon. Yeah. No. There are two different marathons you could do. Skarsgård and Williams. Who does a Skarsgård marathon? Hey, he's done a lot of stuff. Hey, we're... <laughs> hey, everybody, <laughs> come over to our house. We're doing a Stellan Skarsgård marathon. Well, then, but then you could do like a Skarsgård family marathon. All right, so we're gonna watch Goodwill Hunting and then we're gonna watch it. Yeah, but there's. Well, I know there's other ones, but like. <laughs> okay, so don't, don't. Then if I invite you guys over, don't come and watch them. <laughs> Yeah, hey guys, next week mom's doing her her annual Skarsgård marathon. <laughs> no. Anyway, who you're gonna, would you do the marathon of? Well, you could do both funny Williams movies and uh-huh. sad Robin, and like heavy Robin Williams movies. Because you really can binge like serious Robin Williams movies because oh, he's still lots. Robin Williams. Um, but this kind of does flow into both because he is funny in this movie. A little he's bit. Not, he's not Robin Williams. Just like in Man on the Moon, Jim Carrey isn't Jim Carrey. Right. But he's still funny. Right. He's still funny. It's, it's a stupid story, but it's funny. Oh, also, um, there's earlier, uh, to break the ice, Will tells this inappropriate joke about being on an airplane, and yes. then Robin was like, "Have you even been on an airplane?" Like, blah blah. He's like, "No." And it's a like, joke. It's a joke. Well, later in later in the movie, Robin Williams is telling that joke, and the other like some other guys like, "Have you ever even been on an airplane?" He's like. No. Or like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that didn't happen, and the bartender goes, it's a joke. Yeah. Um, all right, so when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about Mom's movie, which was... Say Mr. It. Holland's Opus. Yay! Yay! I did it first. Meh. All right, we're back with Mom's movie, which was... Mr. Holland's Opus. What's it about? It's about a teacher, Mr. Holland... And first of all, it's got an amazing, amazing cast. Richard Dreyfus, who is good. We talked about him last week. In um, Stand By Me, he was the narrator. the narrator and one of the characters. It has... Um, sorry, I'm looking at my notes. Let's see. Who else does it have? It Terrence has, Howard? Is that his name? Yet. Yes, it does Wait, have I mean, Terrence okay, Howard. Let's, let's name everyone in chronological order no, when I, they show up in I the movie. I was kind of doing that. Sorry. Glenn Headley is in it. She plays his wife. Um, Olympia Dukakis plays the principal. Um, William H. Macy plays the, the vice principal, the but doesn't go by William H. Macy. In the credits, it says W. H. Macy. Weird. Yeah, that that's. I think he kind of did that first, and then kind of changed went to it. William yeah. H. Macy. 1996. It's got other people in it. Terrence Howard is in it. Alicia Witt is in it. She was in um, Two Weeks Notice with Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant. Also, you know, Two Weeks Notice. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Really? Also, if, not Ruben, but if you watch the Hallmark Christmas, which they've started their Christmas movies, Alicia Witt is usually in one new Christmas movie a year. So you know her career is doing great. She's done about five. So you know what? She doesn't need to have a big career because she's every single I'd be in year. a Hallmark Christmas movie. Okay. That would be nice. Why'd you make that face? Uh, that wasn't a face. That was just me saying that would be nice. I don't know if they... They have their own group of actors. It's the same actors over and over and over and over. Even the bit actors come back in other if they, things. If they wanted... If they were like, hey, if, if Hallmark sent us an email and we're like, hey, we want to do like a Christmas movie and we want you and your mom to cameo as yourselves, would you do it? Of course. 
would you you would be in like like it's like kid tested elf approved or whatever it's like us and it's like oh we gotta go to santa's workshop and then they're like recording a podcast it's just you and me as elves sure absolutely i would really sure i wouldn't i i would make them i would make them replace me with someone that looks nothing like me okay. but keep my vocals oh that like a big samoan guy well there you go so the story of this movie is about mr holland and he wants to be this big composer musician only got his teaching credential to fall back on because in case he had nothing else. Takes place in the 60s. I was going to say, 60s. is he 30-ish? 20-ish? I think he's mid, I'm going to say mid to early 30s. No, thir- like early 30s. I, at the end he says I'm 60. So and I'm I've just been trying doing to... it for 30 years. Yeah. yeah. So he's, anyway. So um, my favorite line in this movie, there was a couple of lines that I just loved. really good. But my favorite line was... When, when he says, I got my teaching credential just to fall back on, and here's where I'm at. And Olympia Dukakis says, I've never felt like teaching is something that you have to fall back on. And I'm concerned about people that are. And I was like, yes! Because teaching is important, and you can't use that as, you know, well, if nothing else works, I could just teach. Uh-uh. Teaching is just as important as anything else. And why did you look weird at that? School of Rock is just a remake of this movie. Um, well, kind of, but not really. <laughs> yeah, because well, he's, like, trying to be a big musician, and he falls back on it, Yeah. on teaching, and so he does, like, the teaching with the students, and he teaches the students. It's, I'm, School of Rock is, like, a goofy remake of right. this movie, but it's... But this is, right, so then this is the story of... So he really doesn't want to be there. He's no, he doesn't. Not, he's not interacting with the students. They he's don't care. not clicking. Yeah, something is not right. He has a wife. They've decided if he could just do it for four years, then financially they'll be okay. And she gets pregnant. And then he just kind of, something happens. And I can't remember what it is. He introduces rock and roll. Yeah, that something happens and it just, it matters. And, and they start to interact and they start to, to think about it and talk. And he's just starting to love it. And then his... Don't they bomb a test? Well, yeah, and that oh, that bothered me as a teacher because he's telling them you know, he doesn't take it to him; he takes it to them. Like we're gonna do this until y'all get it right. And I just know as a teacher, I was always told if one kid doesn't get it, okay, it's them. But if the entire class isn't getting it, it's you. Yeah, absolutely. As a teacher, and so I was like, "Come on, you can do this." And he he really made it work. And then. Um, there was one of the students, Veronica, I think her name was, or Gertrude or something. Gertrude, I think it it's was. It's Gertrude. Gertrude. And she's playing the clarinet, and she's trying so hard. She's and not great. And she sucks so bad. And she's been doing it for three, three years. years. I mean, it sounds terrible. And then he keeps working with her, and she just gives up because her siblings are great, and she's nothing. I, well, not just her siblings. Her, her parents, mom is great. Right. Her dad is great. Everyone right. is great, and she has nothing. Right. And she's just feeling awful, and then... She gives up and she come and one of my another favorite line is, he says to her, Gertrude, just give it up, or that's enough, or something. That's enough, yeah. That's enough, and um, she starts crying and he comes back. He goes, I meant for today, not forever, and she's that's kind of when she well, says, I just can't do it. And she's already crying, right? She's like, just because she's trying her best, and then he takes the music from her and says, just play from your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. It's she absolutely gorgeous, it. and she does it. So that kind of is the beginning. And then his friend um, 
says, I got this student. He tries really hard. He's just not getting it. Because well, they have to do a marching band. and then Oh, yeah. And the, yeah. And, and the coach marching says, I'll help you with marching if you help me with this student. And it is Terrence Howard. Um, mm. Looks very different. I had to kind of go back and look. He's super young. Super young. And, and man, Terrence Howard, I mean, this is only, what, 20 years ago? 86. No, it was in 86. Seriously? No, 96. Yeah, I'm 96, so sorry. 96. 96. That was my fault. But, 96. but like, man, and not in a bad way. Man, Terrence Howard, you have aged. He has aged. I mean, but, like, this is 20 years. Can't, it didn't look like a 20-year. It looks like a little bit bigger than a 20-year difference. Right. But he, this poor kid, he works really hard, but he has no rhythm. Nothing. Absolutely. They're trying to, he's trying to teach him the, the big bass drum and he can't do, do you, it. I, do you I, remember what he says though, for what instrument he originally wants to play? Electric guitar. Yeah. yeah and he's then like, well, for Mr. marching band, we'll we have a problem have... with the electrical, uh, uh, the extension cord. Yeah. But he can't get the rhythm. I mean, every song he's off, one, another favorite scene, and I did remember this because I had seen it before, is when... Terrence Howard, it's just him and, and Mr. Holland, and Terrence Howard is trying to get the beat. And Mr. Holland has has Terrence Howard's character have a helmet on. Yeah, football helmet. And he's he's pounding the beat on, on his the helmet. head, and he finally gets it, and it's just, it's amazing. So stuff is going on, but then there are some down things. I mean, what I liked, sorry, I keep saying what I liked, but I did. The way that it also aged the movie is by using real historical scenes so then you knew where you were um i don't want to get too far ahead because then the little boy is born and the marching band and they're at the parade what oh i i something happened at this parade that i thought was going to have repercussions and it didn't okay um well earlier in the movie when he starts teaching with the rock and roll Uh uh-huh uh william h macy is like me 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 i'm the wet blanket no 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 rock and roll and Mr. Holland explains, here's why rock and roll is important, because I'm going to teach them the importance of music. And I will from Beethoven, whatever I need to what, use. And the, and the principal goes, sounds good to me. Yep. And when Macy's it. like, me. So then, and I don't mean to cut you off, but when they do the parade, what song are they playing? Louis. Louis, it, Louis Louis. Louis Louis. Which itself is a kind of inappropriate song. And the whole time I went, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah, but as Richard Dreyfuss' character says, the guys can't sing. You don't really know what they're saying anyway. Yeah. You know, and it, but it's it's just what it also was. Also during the parade, he's dancing around. Oh, I know. Totally like, this is all about me. Look he's having me. so much fun. I'm so fun. But then what happens is right after they the band comes in, oh, yeah. a fire engine puts this huge siren. I mean, Loud. huge. Everybody pulls their hands up and Glenn Headley's the wife. She looks at the baby and he's he sound asleep, asleep. Didn't wake up for nothing. So she knows that something is going on. Well, you know what the real reveal was, right? That's just Robert. Wake up my Robert. Wake up Robert. <laughs> no, Robert. No. So, but Robert's my brother who can sleep through everything. Everything. Concerts. Li- yeah, Robert has slept through concerts. And it's fine. He'll never listen to this episode. But He might. Eh, Hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. Um, but it's a, you know, it, it was kind of, it wasn't funny. It was a very dramatic scene. But part of me was just like, kid might be a real good sleeper. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, come to find out, he's deaf. Yeah, he's going deaf. And Oh, he's 90% deaf. And Wait, real quick. Yes. The, with the, the drummer. Yes. His dad is standing was next so to. so proud. And that's my, and it was so cool. Because these storylines in this movie are very quick. In yes. a good way. Very yeah. quick. But they could have had this whole subplot where the dad could have been like, my son only plays football. He's not a band geek. But he, the dad and the mom didn't care. They were so they proud. They were so proud of their son no matter what he did. And my heart melted 
when this character we've never even seen before just goes, that's my son. That's my son. Hey, look, look at me. Yeah, that's my son. Like, right, exactly. It was such a cool thing. And I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I, I loved those quick little... And that's really what this what this is about. So then, then they come to find out that the son is 90% deaf. And um, so they're going to have to do some things. But then comes another sad scene with the 60s in Vietnam. The drummer is killed in Vietnam. And that's heartbreaking. <sighs> And then they kind of jumps ahead quite a bit. And there, there's a character we meet who's kind of an idiot. It's kind of funny. He's kind of a Will Hunting. Where in, in that scene... So before we find out that... I believe his character's name is Lewis. Before we find out Lewis is dead, yeah. it's another class scene in the 60s. Right. And it's a it's big... A, it's yeah. very quick, but it's a big African-American kid and an almost a Will Hunting who's like, I know all this. I know all this. This right. is all baby and stuff. And he's like, no, you know it, but do you appreciate it? Uh, and then right. he takes him to that kid's funeral. And did you notice... I hope this is correct. Did you notice who was doing the bugle? No. It was the other kid. Oh, I did not put that together. I didn't I, it might not that. have been him. I don't think so, but... But I was been. like, just because I was like, maybe that's the importance. <laughs> like, right. I was like, oh. Um, okay. But yeah, and then that kid, who's kind of like an idiot, starts to understand. Right. He, he gets it. This kid right. appreciated the music. Right, exactly. And then that was really all we saw about him. So then time goes on, mm-hmm. and then... He keeps teaching. He keeps influencing children. Different scenes. There was one with a girl that uh, I was kind of okay with. I thought. Oh man, I was so worried about that whole thing that it with could, Rowena, and oh, be, I was so worried. Could it be inappropriate? But it wasn't. No, but, he. Oh man, he skirted that line though. Right. I got real worried that he was going to be a, and not a scumbag, but like he's a he's a real person and he's going to make mistakes, and that's why I loved this movie. Right. He did things that weren't always right. Right. And that's okay, but man, because I got so invested in his character. I did too. Man, was I worried about this whole, like, even when she first showed up on screen and how it's slowly zooming in on him, I'm like, no, no, please, no, no, no. I was, yeah, I was like, please don't leave your family. Please don't leave your family. Right. Please don't, do please don't do something stupid with a kid. Like, right. So, but then it's the whole thing. So he's kind of mentoring her and she decides to go off and she invites him and he says no. He's struggling with his own son. family and yeah. his son. Who, he doesn't, he really hasn't, and even the ki- the son says, you have time for everyone else's kid but me, which is true. Like, the son is deaf. He signs all the time. The dad's like, whoa, slow down, I don't know what you're saying. And then the mom has to translate. Um, but then, there's a concert. Um, real quick, I just yes. want to go back to Rowena. Here's what I loved about the whole thing with sure. Rowena. So she's like, come with me. Like, come with me. 12 o'clock, here's where I'm going to be. Well, he shows up. Yes. And he get, gets her a place to stay. Yes. Because he doesn't love her. No. But he cares about because her. Because he's a teacher and he cares about his students. And also, the wife sees Rowena written on something, He go, and he makes up something out to oh, oh, old, blah, blah, and she notices that Rowena is the name in the thing. So yes. she gets kind of upset, so she goes home. Well, he comes home. He's still there. And he goes to the wife as she's kind of sleeping, he goes, I love you. And she looks at him and goes, I know. I know. And kisses. And it's, at first, like, oh, Star Wars. But at the same time, she kind of figured out that, like, he could have left. Right. But nope. Right. And he stuck it out. So. Um, so I didn't mean to interrupt, but, no, no, like, no. I. I know. It's a great film. I it loved really both was. movies. I really did. I did, but, too. And, and not in a bad way. I really liked Mr. Hansel a little bit more. I did, too. I yeah. really did. So then they do this concert, 
and it's I think it's at the deaf school because he's talking or something because I thought he's they invi- invited all the deaf people or whatever because he's talking to the principal or whoever of the school and she's talking about lights so the kids can see the beat and all that and then at one point he hands his baton to a student and then he sings and signs beautiful boy to his son and oh was that really special it was good and you could see that relationship oh yeah just getting better and in the difference and then yes didn't john lennon die at this point yes that was so, the whole thing was ni- we were now in 1980 but uh he is just richard dreyfus is destroyed right because john lennon's been shot and he says to him, you don't understand. Yeah, and, and he looks at the, he, and the kid's like, oh, did he kill himself? Like, he goes, no, you don't get it. You don't understand. And the son comes in and just rips him a new one. He really does. About, like, no, you don't get it. Right. You think I don't know who John Lennon is? You think I don't know what the Beatles are? Like, I want to love something because you love it. And, like, blah, 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 blah. And, and the, like, and the, Eddie signs one thing. And the wife is translating all of it except for that thing at the end. And then Jeff is like, what does this mean? And she says it, and it's an inappropriate word. Right, but it was kind of funny, though. <laughs> yeah, it was, was kind like, of funny. You well, deserved it, it. He did it. And then he kind of walked away, and the wife didn't say it, and I was like, that's something bad. That's yeah, something bad. I kind of knew what it was. but um, And then after the concert, it was so cool. They come in, and um, Ray Charles' music is coming through the house. And Cole is sitting on the speaker. And then you could, he's feeling it. My understanding... That's fine. <laughs> My understanding was that it was late at night. Or so, well, they were yeah. Because they were like in the room, like what is going on? And he's sitting on the and, speaker and to, you, to like feel it. And you could see he's smiling, and there's records all over the floor. And what does Richard Dreyfus do? Comes in and turns it up and turns, sits with him and, turns and it just up. enjoys yeah. it. Yeah, so it's good. Now, now we've jumped to '95, mm-hmm. and money is tight, budgets are tight, and all music and all um, art art is gone. Yeah, they're cutting it. So they're cutting it. So they're saying he's retiring, but as he says, I'm not retiring. You're forcing me out. Yeah, I have to quit. My, I'm losing my job. And so the coach comes to say, hey, buddy, do you need some help? He's like, no, I'm good. And then all of a sudden his son comes. Yeah. And his wife, and they're going to help him out. And Three different actors were the son? Just because it was different ages? I think so. At least four, because I think, well, maybe more, because it was the baby actor. Uh, the and baby, the, the kid, the teen, the 28-year-old. Right. Um, also, this yes. is something I had in view. So, like, that baby. I mean, yes. you've seen babies. Yes. That's not what a newborn looks like, right? Because that, that, that baby has been... Which baby? When they had the baby, and he's in the hospital seeing the baby. Yeah, they know they can't use babies. They can't use newborn babies. Wait, no, I get film. that. I get that. Okay. But, like, how, how do you find a baby like that? You what, get... No, what I mean is, like, is there just, like, people who are like, hey, we're about to have a kid... Do you need a baby in your movie? Well, so they probably enrolled them in, like, whatever they do, but they use... I want to do that. Well, you're 27 years old. No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I have a baby. Well, I don't know how that works, but newborn babies on television are anywhere from three to six months old. Really? That's No, I'm serious, because I yeah. can't use them younger than that. Well, yeah. So, um, anyway. Also, when he's having the baby? Yes. Or when the wife is having the baby? Yes. He, he's talking about how to... to you pay for all the stuff with the baby. He's going to teach drive, driver's ed. Yes. Well, and this kid is driving erratically. Well, then uh, something happens, and then the next scene, he's driving erratically. Yes. And I think... Oh, I hit the mic. I think he's trying to teach the kid a lesson. Right. By some right weird thing he's trying to teach kid. No, he's going to the hospital to right. see the baby. Right. I thought that was funny. I, it was really funny because he's like, Ooh, Mr. Holland. Ooh, Mr. Holland, we're going on a one-way street. And he's like, shut up. Yeah, shut up. And they're just driving... 
So, um, anyway, so they're fixing to leave the school because it's over. I think it's the end of this, the yeah. year and it's over and he's picking up his stuff and all of a sudden there's this music coming from the it's gym Louis and it's Louis Louie. Louis. What is that? She goes, I don't know. Maybe it's a summer class or something. He goes, no, 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 no. No, they don't start. Well, let's go see. So they walk in and it's a goodbye, Mr. Holland. And it's the, it's the stadium, the gymnasium is, or whatever auditorium yeah. is completely full, completely full. And um, the wife starts and she says, you know, our MC for tonight. Yes, go ahead. Well, they're walking down the aisle and it's all these people. Yeah, Mr. Holland. And we see the one guy that was kind of the wheel hunting. Yes. And he's like, you're, you're the best. Yes. Like, you're awesome. And then, yeah. So I do have to say, I have to step back, that one thing I liked also about Mr. Holland is he said to them, my name is Mr. Holland. That is a sign of respect, and I will return that to you by calling you. He does that throughout the whole movie. Yeah, but that's what he says. That I will be calling you this, you know, Mr. So-and-so, Miss. Um, I have done that with my little bit older students, my junior kindergarten, my kindergarten kids. I've always done that because, for me, it is respect, but it's also teaching them as little guys. They have more than one name. Yeah. You know, and just getting... Because so what, what's your mom's name when you're in kindergarten? Mommy. What's your dad's name? Daddy. Exactly. Or as one little kid says to me, no, um, his first name is Daddy, and his second name is Bob. Daddy like, Bob. Okay, but Good yeah, old you Daddy have to Bob. call him. You have to call him Daddy. So uh-uh. anyway, so then it's the big concert, you know, and who is our special MC? It's the governor of the state, and it's Gertrude, the clarinet player. I loved that she became successful at something that is. Yes, it's success. Yes. But it's not like when all her family is like athletes and, right. and this and that and musicians and singers and blah, blah, blah. She's doing something that, yes, it's successful, but it's not in that same vein of mu- of performing. Right. Because even right. sports to an extent is performing. Right. It's physicality. It's this and right. that. She's a politician. Right. In which her is, own. it's successful and it's, right. you know, but I, I love that. She succeeded at something that wasn't. When you think of, like, something you can be successful, what's success? Well, yeah, technically, yeah. Exactly. No, it was, it was good. And then what they did is then they did the orchestra. The orchestra is there, and it's from all of the 30 years that he taught. And it has, all like, the, the year. Are. You know, I thought it was so cool. I'm, I'm getting to that. I know yeah. what you're going to go at. And they are going to play his his symphony that he has written. And it. it's just, oh, it's amazing and wonderful. And then there's this trumpet player that when he was in high school... Uh, Mr. Holland called him out because he used to empty the spit thing in on the his middle, trumpet on the next person's shoe. In the middle of the song. Yeah, it's just like, burr, 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 and right on the next person's shoe. And right during this American Symphony, what does this guy do? On <laughs> this poor little, it's like, it's a high school kid's shoe. Yeah. So it was it was great, and then it, it ended. And I was just so happy. This was such a great movie. You know the problem I had with it? What? Why was that stupid principal there? Oh, the, just because he had to be, because he was, and yeah. then everything was perfect and wonderful, and it was like, rah, rah. well, and also there was a whole thing where Mr. Holland does, he goes above the principal. He does. He goes to the school board. But do you remember what he says to that one guy? No. When you were my student, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to go back and see who this Michael, you know what I mean? Because he, right, he, he keeps calling him Michael yet. and Michael and Michael, and I was like, 
which one of these kids was Michael? Cause... Right. And do you know what was so great is, remember what he said about, and I will show you respect by calling you Mr. He didn't call Michael Mr. He called him Michael. There was no respect at all. I was actually going to say, did you notice another character he doesn't call by the last name? No. He never calls Rowena her last name. Oh, yeah. Which right. is kind of like a weird thing, but he always calls her Rowena. Right. Which, granted, yes, it's a story, plot, point, and blah, blah, blah. Right. But, like, the fact that I think the only time we actually see her last name, and I'm, I could be totally wrong, is in the when the wife is looking at the bulletin. Right. And I was a little bit disappointed that she wasn't there. I kind of wanted to finish that up and have it done. I kind of thought she was dead. Dead. Yeah, maybe, or just he, Like, yeah, because even uh, Mr. Holland says when him and the, the gym teacher, who... I legit thought was going to be the villain of the movie. Yeah, no. No, it's more that lame principle. Or, or this, yeah, or no, because the football coach was just kind of the his friend, his really good friend, buddy. Um, but when they're at the when they're burying Terrence Howard, yes, and he and Mr. Holland says, "We know too many of these kids." I was like, "Oof!" Right, it's true. Yeah, like what a what a heartbreaking thing that is. Yes, is legitimate. Right. But man, it's like. And it's different now, obviously. Like, right. But it's still like, yeah, there are high school teachers out there. Yeah, or teachers in general. Yeah. That have seen way too many of yeah. their students. So, fantastic movie. You don't have to ask me. Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Watch it. If you haven't seen it, I'll tell you what. If you're young like Ruben and you don't know really who Richard Dreyfuss is, I watch am, Jaws. I am, well, watch <laughs> Jaws. IMDB him. And oh, see, Richard Dreyfuss is amazing. He's Jaws, Close Encounters. You know who? Um, what's funny is who most people. Probably... American Graffiti. Oh yeah, yeah. Isn't it him and? It's Ron Howard. No, 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 no. The main character, one of the main. No, Richard Dreyfuss. Look it up real quick. Look it up. Will real you quick. look it? Okay. Um. Well, so my thing is, you know who a lot of people my age probably know him as. Who? Who what? even it's even and the younger kids probably don't know yeah. who he is either. Uh, Julia J- Julia Louis Dreyfuss's dad. She, he is not Julia Julia Louis Dreyfuss's dad. They're not related. Are you serious? Yeah. I'll bet you. Okay, you look it up and see, but look yeah, up the um, first if Richard Dreyfus is an American graffiti, and I know he is. Um, but so my thing, why I got so um, like emotional uh-huh. was that, because to me, this is a guy who's been teaching for 30 years. Yeah, it is Richard Dreyfus. You're right. Yeah. And, oh, it's great. With and, Susan Summers. And Ronnie Howard. Yeah. Well, because he Ron was young. Howard. Um. Uh, but so... So look and see if they're related. Yeah, I'm doing that. Okay. But so anyway, for emotional. me... Oh, maybe you're right. What? I'm sorry. What did you say? No, I'm going to figure this out. Okay. I, I, up until this moment, I legitimately... Okay, so you're totally right. Okay. Um, no you, relation I'm sorry. at all. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. What did you say? You were totally right. I legitimately thought Everybody that he was... Everybody needs to write that down. I legitimately, up until this moment, thought he was her dad. No, because I, I mean... It's two S's to one S. Yeah. No relation at all. Right. Um, which is insane that Dreyfus, right? Not a very common name. No. Okay, so go back to your point. Well, you were a teacher of thirty years. Thirty-one years, almost thirty-two years. But you know what I mean, right? Like you have had students that are older than I am. Yes, I have. There are people out there. Yes. That are legitimate adults that are doing real things. That, that are probably late thirties. Yeah, but they they remember. Hypothetically. They don't. You'd be surprised. Okay. Miss Dawn. Right. People remember Miss Dawn, and, and they're, they're teenagers. Miss Dawn. They're 20-year-olds. Miss Dawn, Miss Dawn. And so that, to me, was kind of like a, like, hello, I'm 27 years old. I'm not a teacher. 
I, I, you know, yeah, I work with students, but it's not like that. Right. And, and so I think to me to see that and to, to kind of think about you is, yeah, there are people out there that absolutely remember Miss Dawn and that absolutely know who Miss Dawn was. And I mean, and I think too, when people send stuff about this podcast, you got like that email last week that said, you're probably the best preschool teacher. Yeah. And, and, and so it was such a cool way to see 30 years of a teacher. Yeah. Because you have these teachers. You absolutely have these teachers that have been doing this for forever, much longer than you even realize. Right. And you are but a speck in their teaching career, but man, do they make you feel like you are every single minute of it. Absolutely. That you matter and that you are important and that, I mean, I had teachers like that. One of my favorite teachers in high school, I remember till the day I die, I will remember him being one of the best teachers I ever had because he cared. Absolutely. And that's, you know, and when you get into teaching, I can just say from mine, um, first of all, some people do not consider preschool teachers as real teachers because I've had people, I say, I'm a teacher. Oh, what grade do you teach? And I'll say, oh, I'm a preschool teacher. I teach two and three-year-olds. Oh, you're that kind of teacher. You mean one that loves their students immensely? Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, absolutely. Without without preschool teachers, kindergarten teachers, would their students wouldn't be ready. Exactly. You know? Um, and do we make a lot of money as preschool teachers? No, we don't. But that's. But what I what I lack in money, I make up for in hugs, and pictures on my wall at school. I get drawings, and but all I, kinds I think of that's stuff. the thing is I think that if teachers made a lot of money, teaching would be such a different right field. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't People do wouldn't... it because you. It's it's the only thing I've ever wanted to do. I've only ever wanted to be a preschool teacher. But I think too, it, it's because you love it. Every you, single, almost every single day. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you you get people who do these things that they, they you know, no one's, t- no one in the history of ever has been a teacher because they love it. You, or uh, for the money. Right. I, oh, I, I I'm misquoted well, no, that. That's, yeah, but nobody has done it for the money. You teaching for the money. No one has ever done that. No. You, don't you get it because you love it. Absolutely. You want to do that. You and want to make it, a difference. And I have had teachers like that. Yeah, I have had teachers who have also not been so great. But like. But like I was saying, the teacher that I always remember in high school, I had a 59.9% in that class. That is failing. It is. That is 1.1% away from failing. And I went up to him and I said, his name was Peterson. I used to call him Pete. So they go, Pete's anything I can do to get that 0.1 percentage up. He looks me dead in the eyes and says, you could have done the work. Because I just didn't do the homework. I just didn't care. He knew I was smart enough to do it, but I just didn't want to. Right. That was it. I failed the class. And right. yeah, I had to retake it and whatever. And at that moment, was I mad? Yeah. But whose fault was it? Right. Mine. Exactly. He, he could have said, you know what? I know you get it. Let's bump it up. And that wouldn't have meant anything to me. Right. And now that, it matters. And now it matters thing. because it made me understand that, yeah, you don't just get to ride through it. Right. Like if you, like, all I was doing was coasting. I wasn't like, yeah, I got it and I understood it, but I wasn't showing that. And you need to show that too. Right. I was kind of will hunting it. I was like, I'm way too smart for this. I right. get it. The, this is baby stuff. No. Um, right. But no, so I, yeah. Good stuff. No, this, I told mom too, this is not going to be a funny episode. No, but it was a wonderful. So thank you again, Diane, mom, for um, sponsoring this, for giving us these movies. This was, this really, was a good episode. Really yeah. I, I, we, I we loved it. I really enjoyed this episode because, and that's the thing too, is like, there are episodes, of course, there are plenty of funny episodes. Right. And 
I tell you right now, when people say, oh, listen to Kid Destiny or The Proof, they say the cars or the planes episode. <laughs> yeah. Or, or they, they, they say even the music episode. Some of these other kind of funny ones. This might, while some people might really like this, this is not your starter episode. No, this, no, because... Be, because we, right. it's much more personal, especially with you being a teacher of 30 years. Yes. And that's why I think, like, I mean, I, and we'll go back and forth, but I personally did like Mr. Holland's opus a little bit more because it was a history. Yes. Whereas it was... Beautifully, I mean, each beautifully of those, beautifully Yeah, done. each of those stories could have been its own movie. Absolutely. 100%. 100% each of those stories could have been its own movie. Right. But I love that we saw it and how this little character affected him this point. And, right. And he used a story about Gertrude later in the movie. Right. He didn't tell her to give up and blah, 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 blah. Also, uh, back to Mr. Holland's opus really quick. Sure. Did you notice that foreshadowing with Rowena? It scared me the entire time. No. Earlier... But when he the kids just aren't accepting him, and he's laying in bed with his wife, and he's like, I don't get it. And she talks about how she used to have a crush on her music teacher. Oh, right. And then we get introduced to Gertrude. I was like, please, no, please, no, please, no, please, no. And then, like, I kind of forgot about it. And then Rowena came in, and there was doing that slow zoom. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, please, no, please, no, please, no. And so. And it was, it was okay. Yeah, no. Um, but it was, yeah. it was great. Um, all right. Well, a uh, couple things. Um, you, you do the, the spiel. So we have a Zazzle, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E dot com. Did you get Brandon his thing yet? What? Not yet. I'll get it. Brandon, thing. sorry. Um, so if you need some merchandise, Christmas is coming. You might need, <laughs> somebody might need a kid-tested mother-approved shirt or blanket. I think I know what I'm getting for Christmas. Yes, you are. No. Um, we also have a Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter. Yes. We have an email. We have an email. And so, uh, KTMA show at gmail.com. So let us know that you're listening. We love to hear, especially, we love to hear the people that we know that are listening. Also, love to hear people we don't know that are listening. Yeah, if we don't know you um, and you're listening to this based on wherever you saw this for the first time, just say hi. Let us know hey, where you are and thank who you. you are. And But even if, like, the email last week was just, hey, I've been listening to the show for a while. I love it. Right. Thanks. We love you. You're awesome. Yeah, like, we appreciate you we, taking we, the time. Yeah, because um, this is not some... We don't have a producer. This is not some big budget. We're sitting in a big old studio where some guy goes, all right, now here's your script. Yeah, it's, this is it, just us being who we are. It's a 27-year-old man and his mom sitting in a room. Uh, yes. <laughs> trying not to let Theodore the dog come in. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Can uh, we do it now? Uh, My do favorite what? part? You're, well, it's funny that it's your favorite part because we know it. I know, but it's still my favorite part. All right. Well, next week. Uh... Ooh. <laughs> what was that noise? That's my excitement. You want to? Should I do it again? Yeah, do it again. Ooh. Lovely. Uh, next. <laughs> next week uh, is a very special episode. I'm actually. I cannot express how excited I am about this episode. Ooh. Mom's really excited. Um, so that was you. Well, that was me. Well, the, yeah, that was mom doing my excitement. That's how excited he is. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, I actually reached out to one of my favorite uh, comedians. Uh, his name is Chris Gethard. He has his own podcast, Beautiful Anonymous. If, you, if you've if you never heard of Beautiful Anonymous and you've heard of us, wow. Um, Beautiful well, Anonymous, it's like a top ten pod. It's it's very... But some of our listeners probably don't know what right. it is. So Beautiful Anonymous, well, that's what I mean. If you, if you don't know us and you have, and right. you know what I mean. Um, if you know us and you don't know, that's different. But like, so what Beautiful Anonymous is, is he is a weekly uh, podcast where he posts on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, hey, I'm in the studio, here's a phone number, call it. And what it is, it's a hour-long phone call uh, with no names, 
no holds bar. Nothing just, personal. Well, I mean, I, like super n- personal. No personal details, but man, they get really personal. Some of these episodes are hilarious. It's really funny, and it's really like just lighthearted. Others are really oh. deep and really heavy episodes. And Mom and I have listened to some of those, and Ooh. man, they are good, but it's so interesting to hear how people get through these situations. Right, and they share them. Yeah, and they get, they get real. Of course, one of the funny episodes is a guy and Chris telling poop stories for an hour. Yeah. Like just funny, like, ha-ha, I almost pooped my pants, and then ha-ha, or I did poop my pants, ha-ha-ha-ha. Yeah. And then another episode is about a woman who is in the process of divorcing her husband because she found out that he was, like, a sex offender, like, to kids. And it's so it's very deep, and, and some of it gets very real. Um, some of the episodes are just total cry fests. Yeah, and other ones, definitely. other ones are just super uplifting. Right. And it, it really is kind of a mixed bag, and that's why I love it. Right. So, But I actually met Chris... Years ago. Did before, you? Yeah. Before this podcast even came out. Where did you meet him at? Uh, so, See, someone else at Ruben Mains that I mean, no one. Well, this is actually really funny. This is a funny story. So I met Chris in Santa Cruz uh, when me and Alicia and Taylor and Brandon, all people that actually have either appeared or in some facet appeared on the show. Right. Um, we went to go see the comedian Mike Probiglia. Oh, yes. And this guy was opening for him. And I was and like, it was, Gethard. it was Chris Gethard. And I was like, I think I know who this guy is. But like, and I Google and was like, oh yeah, I know that this guy's in the office once. And so he opens and he knocks it out of the park. He kills it. I am like instantly comedically in love with this guy. I'm like, I love what this guy's putting down. His delivery is so good. He's so funny. Like he's just so good. So after the show, we all hung out outside and we're like, let's try and meet Birbiglia. Like we got nothing to do tomorrow. So we're hanging out and then Chris Gethard comes out and he's like, hey. And the people that were actually out there with us were trying to meet Chris Gethard. Oh, so we're talking cool. to him, and he's, I mean, real down-to-earth guy. Is he very short? Yes. Okay. Um, well, not very short. He's Shorter you know, than you? Yes. So you're 5'10". Yeah. Um, he looks three, so he's shorter than me? No. Okay. But so then I'm like, yo, Gethard, can I get a picture? He's yeah, man. And so there's a picture of me and him on social media. I think it's my Facebook or something. And he looks just as excited to meet me as I was to him. Because That's to me, so he was cool. just a comedian who's been on TV. Right. But then I started to get into his, he has the Chris Gethard show, and he has a Which lot of- Which you were on last week. I was- <laughs> You'd I, call in, and I was, he was on yes, there. Yes, if you watched the Chris Gethard show, uh, I am in the the de- self-defense episode. Yeah. I, I called in, and it's funny, he actually called me a nickname, which usually only Alicia calls me, but it's now catching on, Rubes. Right. Uh, and he just goes, hey, Rubes. And like he's even mentioned me on Beautiful Anonymous before. Um, and so it's just, it's all sorts of, uh, I've been such a big fan of this guy. And right. that, so that my whole getting back to it, though, I was so smart in that moment of not really being a big fan, but being like, I think I could be a big fan of this guy. I'm going to get that picture now. Right. So even if I never, ever meet this guy again. Right. I have this picture where it's right. like, even before I was a huge fan. Right. I got that picture. Very um, cool. So I reached out to him and was like, hey, man, your just amount of creativity has helped inspire me to do this. And I kind of forgot that I even sent the message. Well, he sent back. I said, like, I, we want to do a Gethard episode. We right. want to do, like, you. And I know that we saved the pick two movies for Patreon, but if it's somebody cool like this or like with the guys from Wizard and the Bruiser, right. I like to do that. Of course. So, and I, he'd never listened to the show. If he had, Awesome. Amazing. But he had never listened to the show before. Right. And the two movies he picked, which are so funny because they fit so They're us. well. They're so are us. And and he didn't say who should watch what, but I kind of picked it. Mom will be watching. 
Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And I will be watching Gross Point Blank. Is that what oh, it's called? Starring, starring John Cusack, which is one of Mom's boyfriends. And Minnie Driver. And Minnie Driver. Yes. Um, but, and then, like, with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. John Candy and John Steve Candy Martin. and Steve Martin. I can't shut up about how much I love that movie. Right. So, uh, I he's he said, you know, oh, here's this. And I, where can I hear the show? So I sent him, a, of course, I sent him the music episode. I sent him the... Uh, Ruben, Cars, the, ca- the, the planes. planes episode, <laughs> but and I'll send him next week's episode too when it goes up. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited to do a Gethard episode because because you're a big, big fan. fan. Um, and it's just it's cool, Absolutely. especially in the age we live in with social media and email and where you can just send a message to somebody. And I think that's cool. If they see it, they see it. Whatever. Right. No big deal. Right. Uh, and they don't respond. Whatever. That's but if they fine. respond, that even makes it even cooler. So exactly. uh, next week will be our Gethard episode, which I'm very excited about. It'll be so good. It'll be really fun. Um, and yeah, that, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, we're we're good. Did, we, did we even mention the Patreon? Well, no, we have I mean, we kind of said this is a Patreon episode. Right, but and thanks again. To thanks again to Diane. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate anybody. Even if you don't, like, hit that limit of getting your own episode, that's... We appreciate We anything. appreciate anything. Uh, right. The fact that even, even if you don't give us a Patreon at all, we appreciate anyone that says... I want to dedicate time in my day to listen to this. And yeah. that's that's amazing to us. So, um, all right. So next week, we'll be watching Gross Point Blank and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes, we will. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.